Wow. These kind of represent everybody in here. Because that, that, that's who we have in here. Actually, we only have four types of people in here. I think we're all home folks today. So we usually, in on Sunday morning, we have either unbelievers. We have babes in Christ that just recently gave their life to Jesus Christ. Or, this is the two that I focus on. Either a carnal Christian or a spiritually mature Christian. I've told my Sunday school class that these people make me itch. Okay? These people I love pouring into. Because usually these people have been in church for 5, 10, 15 years. And they're still acting like they did before they were saved. And this whole series is, is teaching you how to rise up from here to be all that God is calling us to be. We started out our series with Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. And, and, and I was telling Carrie the other day, is, is that just that verse just is resonating in my heart like never before. To offer our bodies as a living sacrifice and to transform our mind. That is the verse that at the moment in your Christian journey, that if you ever get a spiritual awakening about that, that means you have gone from there to there because you're committing your life fully to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's no longer just the Savior. He's now the Lord of your life. Are you with me? The next week we had that awesome living room set up here that wrecked some of y'all. I got so many emails and, and Facebook messages and texts about how that just illuminated in somebody's spirit and it was like that message, it messed me up, Pastor. It messed you up in a good way. We talked about how God wants to stir you out of that resting place, that comfortable place, that place where you have that temper and that tantrum and that tongue and the temptation and the unforgiveness and the anger. How he wants to stir you out of that. Most of that you got from your family. Then we talked about the next week. We said, you know what? God will use circumstances, situations, and trials to begin to squeeze you. Because what he's squeezing out of you is the flesh. And what he wants to flow from you is the anointing of God. And half the time we we talked about how our circumstances, situations, and trials are because of our carnality. You with me? You yell at your wife and now she doesn't want to talk to you for a week. You're in a circumstance, situation, and trial, but it's because you stink in flesh. You're all nasty flesh. You with me? Okay. So what we're going to do today is we're going to close this chaotic series and we're going to look at an example of God doing this in somebody's life. We taught you what God does. Now let's look at an example. So turn with me to Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. I'm going to spiritualize it a little bit. It's thicker than this. It has deeper meaning than this. God was doing something. Was this left over and Brad sucked on this? Matter of fact, here comes Brad. Let's give Brad a a hand clap for doing such a great job. I can always depend on Brad to treat you right. Chapter 3, verse 1 through 6 in the book of Exodus. I've entitled this message, Spiritual Awakening. 
Because I've been praying for a lot of you to have a spiritual awakening. Now, once you find out what you got to go through to get there, you're probably not going to like me very much. But I only am praying the best for you. Amen? Amen? It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, watch this, I will go over and see the strange sight. Why in the world is this bush not burning up? This is important, verse 4. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, when the Lord saw that he was having a spiritual awakening, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. Moses said, here I am, here, here I am. God says, do not come any closer, take off your sandals, for this place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face, because he was afraid Look at God. Moses had a spiritual awakening. And all of us in this room need a spiritual awakening. Let's pray. Father, I pray all of us have a spiritual awakening. That we would be drawn to it. That we would hunger for it. Because when we get it right, there's nothing but blessings after it. Wreck us again today, in Jesus' name, amen. I want to conclude this conversation with with my flock on the topic of rise up. Because some of you have been doing that. Again, when we had the living room set in here, we talked about God uses circumstances, situations, and trials to stir us out of the flesh. Through this series of messages, it's just been amazing to watch some of you rise up. When you've come down to this altar and I've watched you kneel and I've watched you pray and some of you sob and some of you have shed tears, to me it's just the outward sign of the inward conviction that is saying to God, I will rise up to the height that God is calling me to be. We, we saw a, a young lady rising up. She, she went down first in the river to rise up because she was ready to, to follow God with all of her heart. And when you understand that God uses circumstances, situations, and trials to expose your fleshly nasty ways and you begin to realize, you know what, I am really too big to act so small, it is then in our Christian journey that we can understand and we can recognize that that Moses becomes an illustration of how God took him and rose him up and how God will work in our life. Because what you have to understand is that Moses was in a very cushy situation. 
It all began in Egypt uh, when the Egyptian pharaoh's daughter saw him traveling down the river in this little basket, if you will, and, and, and all of a sudden she goes and she gets Moses and, and takes him out of the river and she raises him as her own in Egyptian home and in an Egyptian culture. We all know that Egypt is symbolic of the flesh and symbolic of sin and symbolic of everything that is carnal. But he was raised that way. And and while he was being raised this way, we have the Hebrews that were out there in the sun sweating to death. Building bricks or making bricks with straw and mud. And here Moses is in the temple being fanned by women, being fed grapes in his mouth. And he grew up in the lap of luxury under the covering and the protection of Pharaoh in the Egyptian culture. So here he was, if you will, resting in the Egyptian culture. But God began to stir him out. And what you have to understand, church, is just because something happens in your life, it doesn't always mean that you're up under a satanic attack. Sometimes things happen in your life because you're resting in something that God never wanted you to rest in in the first place. So he'll use a circumstance, situation, and trial to expose it to say, I'm trying to get you out of it. And as a Christian, there is nothing more frustrating as a believer in God and continuing in something that God is trying to kill. There is nothing more frustrating as a believer than trying to be somebody That God is literally trying to crucify. And and you can find that example in Galatians. I think it's around chapter 5. Where there is the battle of the flesh. And the spirit. You hear Paul battling with it. I want to do good. But every time I want to do good. There's evil right there lurking near me. We all have that problem. And I'm here today to tell you. That some of you have come to a point in your Christian walk that you're not rising up, you're giving up. Because here's what's happening. You are daily walking in some nasty flesh. You want to be this. But what you're doing is you're seeing yourself through the lens of who you are today. And if you always wake up seeing yourself through the lens of who you are today, a carnal Christian, it will stop you from seeing yourself through the lens of who God is calling you to be. Are you with me? Some of you just go off. That's just who I am. That's what you've you've resorted to. That's just me. You're going to have to deal with it. That's just how I was raised. That's just how I grew up. No, if you see yourself through the lens of who you are now, you'll never become who God's called you to be. Well, how do I change, Pastor? I've already taught you. You've got to transform your mind from who you are today to who God is calling you to be. And you replace that nasty stuff with the holiness and the righteousness of the Word of God that brings blessings in your life. 
We talked about the baby, baby eaglet sitting in the nest. If you keep acting like a baby eaglet, it's going to be hard to picture yourself soaring like an eagle. And believe me, I understand it's easy to stay this way. It takes no effort. Got my fire insurance. Saved, I'm going to heaven. I can act just like everybody else, do what everybody else... It's easy to rest in this. It is so easy just to rest here. It takes strength to open this up every day and feed yourself. It takes effort to carve out 15, 30 minutes, an hour a day to bow your heart and your mind to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, what is it in me, what is it in my life that you want to do? That you want to kill? What is that nasty thing that still has yet to die? That takes energy. That takes effort. Just like the adult eagle. It takes energy and effort to get up there before he can just soar. You expend more energy trying to be this than that. I understand that. But God still wants you to rise up. And see, Moses was laying back. And Moses was resting. Until his carnal way rose up and he killed somebody. His flesh rose up. He loved his people. He saw an Egyptian fighting with a Hebrew and he killed him. Thou shalt not murder, right? Flesh won the day and he killed him. But here's the deal. Is God used that situation and circumstance and trial that the flesh created... To stir Moses out to say, I've got more for you than you being labeled a murderer. I've got more for you than you being labeled a carnal believer. Are you with me this morning? So God stirs Moses out. Now watch this. Even in the Bible, God uses the Israelites to keep pointing out his deficiency. He used the Israelites to say, aren't you that murderer? Which pushed him out a little bit further. The Hebrews knew that he murdered somebody, talked about it, came against Moses. Therefore, here he is living with a constant reminder that he's a carnal believer, so to speak. So I'm here today to tell you, fellas. And I'm here today to tell you, ladies. You know if you're a carnal Christian because your spouse keeps reminding you of that fleshly act that you keep doing. The snow's deep and so is this. But you're always going to have a constant reminder. Maybe you come in here and the pastor keeps reminding you. And instead of you and your spouse fighting over it, get out of it. Oh, Lord, it's going to be hard today. Why did you give me this assignment? Couldn't I just been like Brad and just encourage him? Are you hearing me though? If you got some nasty fleshly ways and it's causing friction in your relationship, instead of y'all fussing and fighting over it, get out of it. Rise up. Be who God's called you to be. Amen? So not only did he have God stirring him, he had the Israelites reminding him, and, and Moses decided, I'm going to get away from it. So Moses left Egypt. He left the palace. 
He left the marble floor, the golden columns, the big fans fanning him as sweat ran down his brow and and the grapes being plucked off the vine as ladies fed him. But where did he go? He went to a dry and barren place. And some of you in your Christian walk have come to a dry and barren place. Embrace it. Because it's always in the dry and barren place that nine times out of ten, if you want to come out, you will have a spiritual awakening. (laughs) A dry place is where you're trying to run from this. You're wrestling with this and that. The reason you feel dry is because you're acting so much like this. And in the barren place, you're running from this. But if you keep on running, baby, you're eventually going to run into this. Are you hearing me this morning? Moses was running from his past. And while Moses was trying to escape who he was, he runs into his new identity. A new identity that he never had before. And in a dry and barren place, Moses had this spiritual awakening. And after the spiritual awakening, it changed the next 40 years of his life. And it's time for somebody in here, after this series, to have a spiritual awakening. Awakening of where you begin to see your life through a different lens. And when you see your life through a different lens, your life changes. Now you begin to look at circumstances, situations, and trials through spiritual discernment and saying God is using this to stir me out of that. This ain't the devil. This is divinely orchestrated so that I can be better. So Moses is out in the wilderness, and this awakening takes place. And what you have to understand is his old identity was always a problem for him. What do you mean, pastor? Even though he was raised as an Egyptian and and knew the Egyptian culture and spoke the Egyptian language, technically he was Hebrew. But he didn't grow up with the Hebrews. He was a Hebrew boy raised as Egyptian. All of you in this room have a little bit of Hebrew in you. But you're acting like an Egyptian. And you walk like an Egyptian. And you talk like an... You know I got to throw a song in there somewhere. We all got the Spirit of God in us. That's the Hebrew part of us. But we all still got a little bit of Egypt in us too. Are you with me? So I want to talk today, because we got a lot of new Christians in this room. We got a lot of old Christians in this room. Some of you old Christians still acting like this. So I want to talk to you today uh, of people whose backgrounds are complicated. My background's complicated, (laughs) y'all. If I really let it rip in here, y'all would fire me as your pastor. But there's some people that you have a story like mine. I want to talk to some of you in this room about the old identity that, you know, when you tell people you got to censor it. 
Oh, no, I know ain't no, y'all, all y'all just started walking on water when you were a baby. I realize it. But see, like me and Eli, we got a bad pass, okay? Some of you other jokers in here that don't want to admit it, you've got a bad pass too. Because when you talk to people about your testimony, you only talk about half of it. Because if they truly knew you, they would probably not like you very much. Look at somebody say, my past is complicated. But see, all of that complicated stuff shaped who you are today. Just as much as all of the good stuff, now that you've become a Christian, has shaped you today. But unfortunately, as a Christian, some of that old stuff keeps hanging around. Can we be real in here today? Can we be authentic? I feel like I came to the liar church. We got some things in our Christian life that's nasty. It still creeps up. The Wallericks will tell you it crept up. I wanted a missions trip. They didn't feed me until 3.30. I was a bear. I was not thinking of things that were holy and righteous and good. I was thinking, when are you going to feed me? And if you don't feed me now, I'm going to gnaw your leg off because I'm hungry. Right, Randy? Well, Cheryl was actually with us. Holly was. We got stuff in our life, guys, that keep coming out. And listen to me. Moses was strong. Moses was an intellectual. Moses was a mighty man in the Egyptian culture. He was respected by all the Egyptians. He was raised with the Egyptians. But he was a Hebrew. He had a complicated life. He had the Egyptian lifestyle, the Egyptian culture, but internally he did not belong to that lifestyle and culture. And now that you've given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, though some of this keeps coming out, internally you're like, I don't belong to this, I long for that. Right? It's complicated. It really is. And as complicated as it was for Moses, and as complicated as it is for us, it gets even more complicated when God keeps stirring him. And he comes out into this desert. Moses is in a desert. And think about it, he has never been there before. Some of you, how many of you are like new to the Christian church thing? All of y'all are old time saints? How many of you remember, like, okay, we got one in the back, one over there. Okay, now, we, now, we, now the spirit of real is hitting us. So I want to talk to you. Because it's weird coming from, I've been acting like this all my life. Now I'm in a church, they're saying amen, they're raising their hands, they're singing to God. And it's, it's like, now we're taking up an offering? What the stink is that? And I mean, you, you got all of these, this new vernacular, redeemed, redemption, restoration. I mean, it's just all of this new stuff. And think about Moses. Here he is coming into the desert, and now he's like, how do I find water? Because people were giving me water. How do I survive in the heat? What is the survival? How do I become Bear grills out here? So there he is out in the desert thinking, which plant do I eat that I can have? Because this one may kill me. 
How do I get water in the desert? How do I figure it all out? Because he was in a new place. And when you are a Christian and you first give your life to Christ, you are in a new place and a lot of this wants to come out, but the preacher is trying to lead me to this. And some of you, maybe even since I've been here, you've been acting like this. Now pastor's trying to bring you to this. And let me ask you, is God bringing you to a place that literally you don't know how to function? You don't know how to function and be this. Because your complicated past is becoming a crisis for you. Your complicated past, when you look at your present, you fear that all of this is going to stop who God's calling you to be for the future. I know that's deep. But some of you are struggling with that right now. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but let me say it again because I feel like I'm talking about three people in here. You are worried right now that there is so much of this in you, though you are a believer. So much of your past from your mama and your daddy have affected you. That your present is crippling you. That you can't even see that this is who you can be. One hand's going up in the back. So I was talking to you. God has put you in a new place, calling you to be a new person. And you don't even know how to get there. But let me tell you, Moses was free from Pharaoh. Pharaoh and the Egyptian culture was behind him. He's got the victory, but he's still wondering, what am I going to eat? You've got the victory from the enemy. You've got the victory from sin, but you're still trying to figure out how do I act? How do I become holy? How do I act holy? And some of you, 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 you've been in the church a long time, so you've got the victory in one area. Oh, you got that tongue tamed. But that temptation ain't tamed. Or maybe the temptation's tamed, but the tongue ain't tamed. You got victory in one area of your life, but you still struggle with other areas in your life. Oh, you can shout about some things over here, Woo! I got the joy, joy down in my heart. Yeah! But then this nasty thing keeps creeping up. Am I talking to anybody here today? Okay. It's complicated. And Moses was out in the desert. And he's just walking out there. And thank God he runs into some Midianites. Now the Midianites were no better than the Egyptians. If anything, they were worse than the Egyptians. But, but thank God he met a man by the name of Jethro. Because Jethro took him under his wing and Jethro taught him. He said, don't eat that. That'll kill you. Eat that right there. This is how you get water. And he taught Moses everything that the Egyptians did not. He, he taught Moses how to, this is how you guard yourself from the sun. This is how you take a root and you suck water out of the root. This is how you survive in a dry and barren place. And Jethro not only taught him how to survive church, but he even went to forest to say, I got some work for you to do. And here's Moses thinking, <laughs> work? What's work? I mean, I've got like people working for me. I ain't going to work. 
And see, that's what happens when you come, is you've got a Jethro too, and his name's the Holy Spirit. And he teaches you, don't say that, say this. Don't act like that, act like this. Don't do that, do this. And then the pastor comes, and he's your Jethro, and says, you know what, we got a servant opportunity for you. And you're like, sir, I came here to sit and soak up. Amen? But it's good that we have the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in this new realm called the Christian walk. And we have people that come alongside of us to mentor because Moses was out there in the desert being introduced to new things. And what he realized, he realized, I got some things in my past that I don't need. I got some robes I can't wear. I got some jewelry that I don't need out here in the desert. I got some training in science that can't help me. Because what you find is you become a Christian, some of the ways that you acted in the world, some of the ways that you thought about in the world, some of those things where, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of for abortion. You know what, those things begin to fall away because this doesn't work in this realm. And you realize I got some things that I, I, my philosophy and my thinking and my ideology don't work no more over here. Because all of this is not transferable. The things you used to control people. Now this is deep. This doesn't work in this world. It's a whole new way to think. I don't take revenge anymore. Because over here, vengeance is mine, thus saith the Lord. The battle's not yours, but mine. Oh, I can give the silent treatment and not talk to you for four years in this. But over here, Get your stinking spirit right and forgive and move on. (laughs) Woo, Lord, I don't know if it's the snow or just my preaching today. I'm a little rusty. Been gone too long. If you're going to succeed in this, you've got to drop a whole lot of that. That's why you got to become a student of the Word of God and transform your mind and find out what in this doesn't line up with that. Amen? So here's Moses learning some new things. And eventually Pharaoh says, See them sheep over there? See all that stuff coming out of their backside? Go shovel it. And there's somewhere in your Christian walk that you're always going to have a test, and it's called the test of pride. He hadn't shoveled poop in a long time, if ever. So the question to you is, when you are in the in-between, will you do what the Holy Spirit's telling you to do? Because sometimes forgiving people after they hurt, hurt you is like shoveling dung. Having to say sorry to people that you never hurt, but at least it hurt their feelings, is like shoveling dung. You never did anything to them. It's like shoveling dung. It's a test of pride. 
spiritually, you got to learn what the Holy Spirit is teaching you so that you can move from one world to the next. It's the Bible says going from glory to glory to glory. And I'm telling you, if you do not pass the test, you cannot complete the class. So you will stay in the dry and barren place, taking that test over and over and over again. Why, God? Because you did not learn your lesson the first time I allowed that situation, circumstance, and trial. So I'll keep bringing it back again and again and again until you kill that thing that I'm trying to kill in you. And I'm preaching to somebody in here that you keep saying, my life is the same old story. I keep facing the same old fight. We keep arguing about the same old thing. I've been there. I've done that. I got the t-shirt. And internally you're saying I'm tired of it. Jethro had Moses out there working in the desert with sheep. I'm telling you, sheep are dirty. They are smelly and they are stinky. They are nasty, y'all. Look, as a staff retreat, we went to Old McDonald Farm and from a distance, I was like, oh, a sheep, I just can't wait to touch it. I got close to that thing, I was like, oh, oh, Lord, have mercy in the name of Jesus, give it a bath. It was the nastiest thing I've ever touched. It wasn't white as snow. It was yellow with pee. I was thinking, that thing don't need no stinking mosquito repellent. I ain't nothing going to bite it. And I got to thinking, here's Moses in a nasty environment. And some of you are in a nasty environment. And your flesh is creating nasty things. And I'm sure Moses is thinking in this nasty environment out of coming out of the plush Egyptian culture. I I, I, I could hear the enemy whispering in his ear. And the enemy is whispering in y'all's ear, especially after a powerful service. And you're like down, oh God, I'm getting this out of my life. And then Monday morning you act the same old way and act like nothing ever happened at the altar. And the enemy whispers in your ear, where is your God now? I thought you were supposed to be a mighty man of God. Telling Moses, I I thought they were supposed to be a leader in you. And here you are just trying to survive. You ain't nothing but the leader of nasty. And the enemy whispers that in your ear. Especially after you act nasty. And then you feel guilty about how you acted. And the enemy comes in and says, yep, Sunday you were down there at that altar. Now look at you. Listen, you will always go through a period in your Christian journey where it sometimes seems like you're living beneath who God created you to be. Your nasty flesh keeps coming out. But it is in those times I encourage you that if you are not careful, you will allow the enemy to defeat you. How? Because you will see yourself as a failure Because you can't see yourself as operating in the calling of who God wants you to be. So he will bring frustration to cause you to stop. Whoever I'm speaking to, rise up and keep fighting. Fight the good fight of faith. Resist the enemy. So Moses is out there working in the desert. 
And as he's working out in the desert, God's working some things out in him. But then suddenly, somebody say suddenly. Oh, embrace the suddenly moments, church. Suddenly he's out there shoveling sheep dung. And he has just a spiritual awakening. Moses walks up on it. He wasn't fasting about it. He wasn't praying about it. He wasn't sitting there on the floor going, Shamalamadingong, I'm speaking in tongues, everything's going to be okay. He wasn't doing that. He was going about his business in his nastiness and he walked up on it. Why? Because God can become the master of suddenly in your life. That means somewhere in my life, it takes a dramatic turn. I never saw this thing coming. It wasn't a gradual process. It wasn't an evolution that leads to a revolution. I was just walking, and all of a sudden, immediately, I got one phone call. Me and my wife got in one argument. My son tried to kill himself. One situation, one circumstance, one situation trial, and everything about my life changes because suddenly I begin to be convicted And I know I've got to make some changes in my life. I don't know who you are, but you need a suddenly moment. No, they're not fun, but they're life-changing. And when they come, don't fight it, embrace it. Because here's Moses. Just in the desert, he's been walking 40 years. Scholars will tell you at this point, he's 80 years old. Think about that. It took him 80 years to realize who he truly could be. 80 years for his suddenly moment to come. 80 years living in an identity crisis between am I Hebrew and an Egyptian? I don't know what to do. Let me break this down for you. Christians need to stop living in an identity crisis. Have you ever seen Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the little misfit town? That's what we're like. We're misfits. We've been living in the middle between this and that, and we don't know who to be. Sometimes I'm this, sometimes I'm that. I can get real holy on Sunday mornings, and and then on Monday I'm acting like this. It's this in-between time. Being this, but in my spirit, especially Sunday morning, it gets me cranked up to long for that. Here you are wrestling here, but the Holy Spirit through the word and through the preaching and through the worship is drawing you here. And understand that when we are misfits and we act like misfits, honestly, you need to embrace that because it's the methodology of God. No, he never intended for you to be this. And I'm telling you, listen to me real clearly on this. It may take you by lunch to figure it out. If you try to rest in this and act and talk carnal, act culturally, you will never be able to rebuke that demon that you're sleeping with. Like I said, it's going to take about lunchtime for you to figure that one out. Here you are rebuking things that you're sleeping with. And you ain't changing. 
I rebuke that. But then you act like that. <laughs> you get it, right, bro? Not that he's that way. It's just that he, he's a preacher. We've been living in the desert as misfits too long. You will never, ever get to that if you rest in that. If you try to fit into a worldly, carnal world that we're not even supposed to be like, you are going to live in that worldly, carnal house and God saying, I never intended for you to stay there. So I'm going to keep stirring you, especially in this church, I'm going to keep stirring you to live like that. So when you give your life to Christ, some of you have now felt like, I don't really fit in. I don't fit in with my old folks. I can't have fit in with the new folks because they're a little bit too spiritual for me. So I'm in this dry and barren place. And that feeling of being messed up, that feeling of being a misfit, is God saying, I'm trying to get you from glory to glory. That's why the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Not that you are righteous. What does the Bible say? Those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. We all have a hunger and a thirst to do what's right by God. So as I hunger and thirst for it, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And my step may just lead me into a circumstance and situation and trial that's trying to get rid of my flesh. And somebody in here, through that situation, circumstance and trial, instead of rebuking it, embrace it and take another step and say, God, kill what's in me. Oh, I know. I, we, we got some that's going to shout and stand. Because the rest of you are right here. And it hurts, I know. But see, the reason you're in this church is because God wants you to have a spiritual awakening. And I don't know who I'm preaching to. I feel like it's all of you. But it's time to take another step because each step's closer to your purpose and your identity. I dare all of you to take another step towards God. You'll hear from my spirit, we got to go deeper, we got to go deeper, we got to go deeper. But see, what we do is we baby ourselves. We make excuses for our behavior. We justify our nasty ways. I call that babying yourself. Quit babying yourself. Go deeper with God. Because I guarantee you, when you take the step towards Him, you will rise up and become all that God's created you to be. And if you sit there and act like God's finished with you, He ain't finished with any. We are all still under construction, even me. Okay? But what, what, what I'm sensing is God's doing some amazing things in all of us. So I'm daring you as a church, you brave the snow, take another step and go deeper towards God. Are you hearing me? All right, so let's look at Scripture. Moses took another step. He ran into his suddenly moment and he ran into the burning bush. Now, look at your Bible 
Because the Bible says, He says, I will go over and I will see this strange sight. Are you with me? Now look at me. On Sunday morning, I am exposing you to something each Sunday morning. When you open your word, you are being exposed to something each time you get in the word. Now those of you that don't get in the word and you only wait till me, then I expose you to things every Sunday morning. And you have the option to walk just past it and not desire to go deeper. You have the option of reading the word, see the blemish in your life, close it, make no change, and walk right past your burning bush. And if you're the type that comes in this church and up under the anointing of the preaching of the word of God, if you don't have a desire to go deeper, I love you, but I question your love for God. I don't question your salvation. I think you're going to heaven. But I question your love for God. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And I have a right to question that. But those of you that come in here and you truly love Him, when you're exposed to something, whether through the preaching or through the Word, when you try to walk away, something inside of you keeps compelling you to move deeper and deeper and your spirit says, I've got to turn aside and see what my God wants me to be. Can you give Him praise in this place? But what I really want you to look at is the text where... God did not speak to him when he saw the bush. Oh, you can open up the word all day long and read it. And God never speak to you. You saw it. You can come in this church and still be the same old carnal Christian that you've always been. You saw me. You heard the words coming out of my mouth. God didn't speak to him when he was exposed to the bush. Understand that. The Bible, look at the Bible. The Bible says when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look. When the Lord saw that he made a decision in his heart to go deeper, to see this thing, to be attracted to it, it it was then that God called him from within the bush. Moses, Moses. Because what God saw is God saw the hunger and God saw the thirst and God saw the desire and what had been exposed to him. God said, now that you hunger for it, now that you thirst for it, now that you want to come over and see it, now I'll talk to you and now I'll change you and now I'll make you everything that I said I was going to make you. Ask the person next to you, how bad do you want it? Do you want it bad enough to keep turning back to it? Do you want it bad enough that every day you get in here, every day you pray, to come back and look at that verse again that's stirring in your spirit? You you, you may be new to this thing called faith, and and pastor keeps preaching, we got to go deeper, we got to be spiritually matured, and you're walking away going, I don't even know what all that means. But something inside of me is drawing me. 
I don't even know what that looks like. I can't even understand that I could even be that person because I act so not nasty. But every time he preaches and every time I get in the Word, some, something in my spirit keeps pulling me. There is a fire that keeps pulling me. I, I feel somehow that my destiny is tied to the fire and I can't walk away from this thing that is burning because I believe that the burning bush and I believe that the Word, I believe that this preaching holds the secret to my life. And that's why the Bible says, church, that His Word is in my heart like a fire. A fire shut up in my bones because my destiny is in the fire. And if you run from the fire, baby, you run from your destiny. Can you give Him praise in this place? This is the fire. This is your burning bush. Every now and then on Sundays I set myself on fire. Sometimes I'm your burning bush. Saying, hey! Go this way. Are you with me? So when the Lord saw Moses had gone towards the fire... When he goes towards what he's exposed to, God called him. But understand, God did not call him until Moses decided to go towards what he was exposed to. Are you hearing me? And here, here's the challenging thing. His word every Sunday is challenging you to take off your sh- shoes. Because the ground that you stand on is holy. Now let's look at that because I don't want anybody to take off your nasty shoes. And let's look at it spiritually. Could you imagine Moses thinking, What? Do you see what I'm standing in? What in the world are you talking about? The ground that I'm standing on is holy. I got sheep doo doo all over my shoe. How is this holy? It wasn't holy last week. It certainly don't smell holy today. And some of you are thinking, God, do you see all my nasty? Do you see the nasty that I stand in? I come to church, I read the books, I listen to the tape, I listen to more tapes than anybody else in the world, God, and I'm still acting nasty. Every move I make, every step I take, I know you'll be watching me, but I, it's nasty. No, 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 take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. How God is this holy? What you've got to understand is you may not be there yet, but when you look at the Word and the fire burns in you and you change something, that step that you just took was a holy step. So take off your spiritual shoes, take another step, change something, and be holy. For that ground over there is holy ground. It may not be holy right there, but when I step into what God calls me to be, it's a holy spot. Come on and give Him praise. We'll close this out as the musicians come. I saw Brad get you out about 11.30, so I'm going to go to about 2. <laughs> Gives the snow time to melt to where you can get home safe. Now I'm, I'm about to close. Come back, come back. Here's the question. What are you discovering 
whether you're a new Christian, carnal Christian, what are you discovering in this stage of your life that you are in right now? That you need to bring the burning bush into that stage. What is your nasty that God says, I've got a fire to quench that? I've got an identity for you to become instead of being that. Because all of us are in different stages. Carrie was sharing with her ladies group, which by the way, for the safety of all the ladies, she wanted to say that that's canceled tonight. But She was just talking about a, a little thing that happened between me and her, and I just looked at her and rise up, baby. And they're like, that was it? You ought to see me <laughs> and what I got to rise up. We're all at different stages in our life. You know, maybe me and my wife, we, we struggle when, when we hear a dirty bird word. For y'all, y'all just fling it out. But we're just in a different stage. Are you with me? For some of y'all, y'all booze it up. We don't. We abstain. We're in a different stage. I wish everybody in here would abstain, but I can't force morality on you or behavior. But that's just where we are. Is we abstain from drinking. We abstain from rated R movies. God knows we let our kid watch Spider-Man the other day and we were disgusted by just little bitty cuss words that they just threw in there. It's like, I guess we'll have to let our kids watch Barney all the time. We're just at a different stage. We don't let our kids do Fortnite. If you let your kids do Fortnite, that's between you and the Lord, but we don't. We guard and protect our children. Call me legalistic? Nope, I'm just in a different stage in my life. But what stage are you in that the fire is trying to burn up that nasty in you? It's trying to take that dung and make it holy. And I understand you've got victory in some areas. And I know you, you, you don't have victory in other areas. And I'm encouraging you, don't get so focused on the dung that you lose ground. Don't get so focused on the dung and say, this isn't holy. Don't get so focused on where you are going, don't you see me, God, sucking water out of roots? Don't you see me down here, God? I'm trying to be that, but I'm having to kill snakes. Trying to be all that you've called me to be, but I'm fighting this hellacious heat. And what I would say to you is if you curse the way God's leading you, you'll never reach the place He's taking you. Are you with me? Because sometimes circumstances, situations, and trials, we just want to rebuke them. Sometimes we've got to embrace them. Quit cursing them. Let God take you on the road He's taking you. Because the end you'll come forth is golden. Because God eventually says, Moses, I took you through all of this. I took you through all of this and now I'm at a point that I'm going to show you why I took you this way. I let you go to the sheep pen and shovel sheep dung. So that when I'm ready to use you to lead others, 
you now have some credibility with those people and you've been through some things that now they can follow you and you can be a leader. And some of you in this room, sure you've cried. I understand you've had hard times. Some of you are having a hellacious marriage. Some of you in your marriage, the the D word is even being thrown out. I understand some of your kids right now are, are walking away from God. Some of them are facing jail time. They're becoming the prodigal kid. But here's the deal. While you're going through it, God is saying, I'm pressing you and I'm pressing them so that the anointing can flow out of you to eventually lead them. Everything we go through can be used to lead somebody else. You can look at them and tell them, this is how I made it. This is how I defeated the enemy. The same God that brought me through my nasty can bring you through yours. Because what you need to understand, church, what you've gone through, how you have suffered, how you have cried, how you've raised them kids, how you you, you just prayed and you prayed and you prayed for your husband. Understand, though sometimes the situations, trials and circumstances can seem hellacious, God doesn't waste a thing in your life. He works all things together for the good. And God has, you, uh, has a way of taking you through th- things that you, you're like, this is so disconnected. Why is this happening? All of this nasty situation, circumstance, and trouble, you think it's just a thing. But God sent me here to tell somebody in this room it's not a thing and He doesn't waste anything in your life. God works all things together for the good of those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. And I don't know what that means for you. I don't know all of your lives. All I know is that situations, circumstances, and trials have been pressing the flesh out of you. Been stirring you out of this. But he hasn't wasted a single thing. God is going to use everything that you have been through to get you ready to be who he's calling you to be. And I don't know who that means or what that means to whom. But I believe for somebody, you'll see that you're going through this To help somebody else. Because see God tells Moses. He says go down there and tell Pharaoh. Let my people go. Moses goes down there. Now watch this. He says I am that I am. Sent me. Do you know the gravity of that statement? I am that I am. Sent me. And here he is, he, he, he threw down his rod, it turned into a snake. He stuck his hand in his vest, it came out leprous. And he's like, hey, watch this. Put it in again, and it was healed. Just turn them off, guys. He pulled water, or turned water into blood. And, and Pharaoh is scratching his head. And he's like, we didn't teach you these things in Egypt. Where have you learned these things? 
And that's why he said, I am that I am sent me, because it was an indication. He learned those things from God. Because he has been with God. Pharaoh said, we didn't teach you those things. Moses was saying, I learned some things through that storm. I learned some things through that fire. I learned some things through that tight spot. I learned some things when he was pressing my flesh and getting the anointing out of me. And there's somebody in this room that through your journey, you have learned some things. For some of you, God has taught you how to rise up as a single mother. Some of you, God has taught you how to rise up as being a divorcee. God has taught you how to rise up while everybody around you has hated you. Talked about you. Lied about you. Some of you in this room have learned to rise up to be all that God's called you to be. You know why? It's because some of you in this room are survivors. You have survived the desert. You have survived the hot sun. You have survived the cold nights. You have survived being parched in a desert. You've survived the snakes. You survived the liars. You survived the demons. You have learned that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You have learned that the Lord is the strength of my life. What shall I be afraid of? And though enemies have encamped around me, I shall not fear. Because there is only one that I'm drawn to. And every Sunday and every day I shall go over and see this strange sight. Moses brought them out of Egypt. Led them. How? Because he learned how to get out. You cannot take people where you've never been yourself. Sir, I love you. But how are you going to lead your family? And how will you lead your children? In a place that you love resting in. Shut up that potty mouth. Look at yours. You can't lead them to there if you're not doing it yourself. Showing them that church is number one, but you're never here. And then when they're teens, they walk away, and you don't know why. Because you never showed them the importance. You never led them. Because you were not willing to go there yourself. I know this is hard today. But if one of us in here learns how to give out, uh, give, get out, you can look at somebody else and say, uh-uh, don't eat that fruit, it'll kill you. Well, how do you know? I've eaten it before and it bit me. Uh, uh, Moses, what do I do about this snake bite? I, uh, we've never been in the desert before. Do this, put that on there, you'll be all right. Oh, how do you know? I've been bitten by a lot of snakes. What do you mean, pastor? Somebody comes up to you and says, this person did this to me. How do I forgive them? I've been there. And this is how I did it. This is what scripture says. How are you so smart? How are you so wise? Because I wasted nothing in my life. How do you know all of this? Did you go to Yale? Did you go to Harvard? Nope. 
I went to the University of Sheepdung. I graduated magna cum laude, had a minor in hot fire, did another course at Short Breath University, had a major in survival and some in miracles along the way. But now I'm prepared to lead you. I'm prepared to show you how to get out. All of those things were practice and preparation to lead others. And that's what God wants to do in you. Practice now how to forgive so that you can teach your child how to forgive. Practice now how not to want to be validated in your misery. Somebody just acknowledge that I'm miserable. No, teach your child to move on. Teach your child to go to Home Depot, buy a ladder and get over it. Practice accountability so that they can embrace it. Show them how the Holy Spirit is convicting you so that they can love conviction. Show them how the power of God moves on you. Cry in front of them so that they know how to be broken. And let me get real deep here. If you look back over your life at all the uniqueness and all the complications in your life, they are the spiritual clues that are unfolding of how you are to lead other people. All of those things that you went through, though they may not feel good, and believe me, they don't, they do work together for the good, for God to use you for somebody else. So wherever you are in the process today, God's promise to you is He wastes nothing. What you think is a battle is simply just a little training exercise. And yeah, I understand, bad may get worse. But when God is in it and He brings you out of it, there will be no doubt that God was with you and He brought you from that to this. Because God wastes nothing. Every night, every tear, Every disappointment, it's getting you ready for what God wants you to do. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I pray right now for frustrated people that are in their desert. They're in the in-between. I've done what you told me to do. I've preached the messages that you told me to preach. You told me today was it. Now, God, you've got to do something in them. Who here is living in that frustration between the two? Carnal and spiritual. I'm not going to ask you to come to the altar. I'm not going to belabor all of this. I just want you to get right with God right now. I want you to commit to Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. I will offer my body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto God. I will transform my mind with the renewing of the word of God and get these carnal, nasty things and ask him to keep killing them. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that people will not rest in something that you're trying to crucify. I pray that all of us will not only be exposed to the word of God, but we'll turn towards it, that we'll go deeper with it. And that will change those things in our life to where we will be blessed. Not that life will be hunky-dory, but there will be peace. There will be joy. 
There'll be goodness, there'll be kindness, there'll be self-control. There'll be the fruit manifesting in our lives because we're following you.